Okay, before we get started on this week's episode of the Don't Fret Podcast, I just want to say thank you so much for all the love on my first poetry book, Joy and Misery. It's out on Amazon right now, and if you haven't already, please go get yourself a copy, and also come to the virtual live show we're doing on February 20th at 11.30 a.m. PST um, with Rebecca Baird, friend of the podcast, and Miggy, friend of... D. Fredder, who's yet to be on the podcast. It's going to be a really good time, and I hope to see you there. All right, on with the episode. Cue that intro. What up, y'all? Welcome to the Don't Fret Podcast. My name is D. Fredder. I'm a poet and spoken word artist from just outside of Vancouver, BC, Canada. And this is a podcast where I sit down with fellow creative types or entrepreneurial spirits and talk about what they do, why they do it, how they look at the world, their process, and other deep topics like that. This week on the podcast is my friend, Soph. Soph just came out with her first EP. It's called Dawn. It's absolutely fire. And we talk about how she got started in music, growing up with supportive parents, and you know, going through high school, we talk a little bit about mental health and self-doubt and the importance of staying true to your artistry. And then so kind of flips the podcast and starts interviewing me about my first poetry book, Joy and Misery, which you would have just heard me talk about. So I'm not going to talk about it again. And yeah, it's just a really good conversation. Soph is awesome. And we get into like creativity and all that good stuff. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. And if you like this podcast, please rate and review it wherever you happen to be listening. Download it, subscribe to it, whatever you got to do. It helps with visibility and it lets people like you know that they're not making a mistake by listening to this episode. Anyways, thanks so much and let's get into it. So I've been in New Jersey for like pretty much my whole life. I was actually technically born in Pittsburgh, but my parents moved me here when I was like two and a half. So I don't think it really counts, but I've been a Jersey girl my whole life. And uh, the Jersey music scene is pretty interesting because I feel like there are a lot of different genres encompassed within the scene, but probably the most or actually I should say the least prevalent genre is pop music, which is pretty funny being that I am a pop artist, doesn't really fit um, <laughs> exactly in the scene. But uh, I have a lot of friends that are rock singers. I have a lot of friends that are more alternative, punk. Um, I, I even have friends that are more R&B. And I feel like I am kind of not exactly included in the uh, Jersey music scene in the same way that a lot of other artists are because there there are a lot of bands I've noticed mm-hmm. and very few pop acts so in a way it's kind of isolating in another way it's kind of exciting because I kind of get to bring life to that genre around this area where other artists don't necessarily so it's it's interesting no matter what but I think my heart and soul are set on being a West Coast girl. So eventually <laughs> in my life, I really want to make the move out there. But until then, I am just going to keep my Jersey roots. And I also can't afford to move to the West Coast because, as everybody knows, it's insanely expensive. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, we know. Oh, yeah. So and I'm a starving artist, so it doesn't work like that, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, for sure. I. I kind of know a little bit of that, um, that 
that pop artist struggle because like my music is is pretty poppy and my like my taste is pretty poppy but um you know who could really relate to what you're talking about is uh our mutual friends Alexis Lynn and Emma Alves yes yeah Shout yeah out I to bet them. they could so do you find that where you are in you're Aaron um Ontario right no uh we're all from BC Oh, 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 yes. So do you find that there's not really a variety of music genres in that area? Um, you know, there is a there is a variety. Like we do have pop artists, but the what I've noticed is there's a lot of bands, there's a lot of folk singers. Like a okay. ton of folk singers. And then any sort of like genre that would actually make it into the the mainstream, if you will, it's there's like little enclaves of it. So there's like a very small hip hop scene, a couple of pop artists that like don't really want to collaborate with each other. Cause I think there's that competitive, like success is a limited re- resource sort of vibe going on with anybody from the Vancouver area that wants to do pop music, which is, you know, too bad or whatever. And then, uh, uh, there's like a few, again, R and B artists, but they have a similar vibe of like, like, they're just trying to get to LA. And so okay. they're not very lone, really, lone wolf mentality kind of thing. A lot of lone wolves, but there's very few packs unless you're into folk or unless you're into rock or like some sort of indie sound or whatever. Then, then that's more of where you'd find community, which is okay. too bad. I, it's very similar. Yeah. New Jersey is exactly the same. Yeah. Um, we just have more than just one pop act. That would be the only difference. Cause it's yeah. just you. I, well, I don't think I'm the only one. <laughs> thankfully, that would be really funny though. Yep. There, there are other pop acts, but it's it's definitely not like it's like a dead genre in New Jersey. It's a lot more like alternative and indie and rock and bands. Like bands are really big. So yeah, is that because New Jersey's culture? I don't know much about New Jersey. Like my adoptive mother grew up there, and I have a poetry colleague friend who's from there as well. Um, but like, is the culture like really sort of rootsy? Is it really like kind of pretentious in it's art? I don't, (laughs) um, I think, I think to a degree, I think it depends where you are too. Like there's, um, there's a a pretty big, like more metal scene in some areas of South Jersey. Um, but then when you're like in the Asbury Park area, that's where Bruce Springsteen and Bon yeah. Jovi and all those legendary acts come from. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of the people in New Jersey, when they think of New Jersey music, they think of Bruce Springsteen immediately. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because there are so many artists that are from New Jersey that are so many other genres. But for some reason, it's just always stuck with us that New Jersey equals Bruce. and I don't, I'm not actually a Bruce listener, so I feel, I feel pretty out of the loop on that one. Um, I could just never really get into Bruce Springsteen and I, I can hear anybody listening to this podcast that lives in New Jersey, like immediately turning it off and being like, I hate this bitch. Like Bruce Springsteen is my lifeblood, but I just, I don't know. I could never get into it, but all of the respect in the world goes to him. I, 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 Definitely respect what he does, but oh yeah, for again. sure. Um, I don't know if I've ever listened to a Bruce Springsteen song all the way through <laughs> okay. on purpose. So we're on the sa- we're in the same boat then. Yeah, like I don't have any I don't have any 
thoughts on him really just like oh yeah that's a guy <laughs> right yes i feel the same way but it's it's kind of like sacrilege to say something like that here right like if you especially if you're in asbury park or the shore area if you say anything remotely close to i'm not really a fan of bruce springsteen everybody stops what they're doing turns around and looks at you and they chase you with a pitchfork so you have to be really careful around these parts pretty crazy that they just have pitchforks ready to go to chase you. i know it's insane so when did music start to play a role in your life like you did you start when you were pretty young or pick oh, it up yeah. And, yeah 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 right from the start i was singing from the time that i was popped out <laughs> wow um yeah i don't i don't it, it just kind of came naturally i really really liked music and um my parents would keep the radio on when we would drive places in the car and I would sing along to every song and I memorized songs pretty quickly and I think they noticed that I was taking a really big interest in music because they started me in kinder music and music lessons from the time I was like three and okay. I started doing private lessons I think when I was like six so yeah I've I've been entrenched in it my whole life and I'm really grateful that my parents picked up on that when I was little and they saw me enjoying music and, and wanting to sing all the time and wanted to enroll me in all of these different classes. I think that that was like incredibly beneficial for me. Yeah. That's a really beautiful thing because you, you know, you hear it from a lot of musicians and other artists that like their parents, there's some resistance from their family, isn't a ton of support or encouragement. And your parents were like setting you up for success Right from the jump. That's really, yeah. that's really cool. That's a, that's a great gift. Yeah, no, Kinda it really jealous. is. I'm very lucky. And I, I think part of it is my parents are both immigrants. They're from Russia. And in Russia, art is something that is extremely valued in the same way that I feel like STEM fields are valued here in the US. Not that obviously Russian people don't value STEM or whatever, but there is just a higher importance placed on art there that isn't placed here in the US. And in Russia, if, I mean, I can only assume, at least with my parents' upbringing, if somebody in their family was good at art, you encourage that because art is a really beautiful thing and it's important, it brings people together and there's just a, a really big appreciation for it that I don't often see with people here, especially in America. I don't know how it is in Vancouver, but I know that here in the States, I have so many friends that were really passionate about different forms of art growing up. And they would be shocked when I would tell them that my parents fully supported my music career and fully supported me being a full-time musician when I grew up, like that was like unheard of. And I had a lot of friends that were like, oh, I wish my parents, you know, will let me paint or I wish my parents would let me sing and whatever. And it's just, it's like sad to see, but I think a part of that is the culture and I'm really grateful for that. Yeah, um, I would guess that like, both Canada and the U.S., it's pretty common for parents to, you know, try to quell the artistic ambitions in a, in their kid because they want them to have, like, a stable job. I think part of that is because, like, Canada and the United States of America are younger countries. And True. people who came yeah. from Europe, they're just trying to survive the elements, right? So, like, everything kind of comes from trying to survive. And so yeah. like art isn't necessary for survival. Right. No, it, that makes sense. It, that makes sense. Yeah. It's necessary. Like, I think it's just a cultural thing of like only go into essential things or things that guarantee 
money, right? And you don't need art to survive. So who's to guarantee that someone's going to pay for it and all that stuff? And, you know, like, like, European countries and Russia, they're they're older, right? So they've had time to, they haven't had to fight the elements for centuries. Right. Right. So there's, there's time for the finer things or there's an appreciation for it because they've had it for longer. And so I, I wonder if it's something like that. Um, it is interesting though that you say that because both of my parents being immigrants, they came to this country with nothing. And yeah. you would think they would want their daughter to be and you're their firstborn too to be successful in something that will guarantee financial security <laughs> mm-hmm. which this absolutely doesn't so it, it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of funny but um i think i i definitely just got really lucky with I, maybe it is a cultural thing but also them as parents have always just been very supportive and you know i can't i can't there's no way to say if they would have been if they weren't from Russia, if you know, there's there's really no way to say, but I I think I just got very lucky. And um it's it's nice to be able to pursue something and not have the worry that my parents are gonna be disappointed in me if I don't live my life up to the standards that they want me to. It's like a relief. I mean, there's other things to worry about all the time, <laughs> <laughs> but at least that that isn't one of them. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't really worry about, you know, disappointing my parents with how I live my life or not re- reaching those standards. Cause I just like never will, but that's really it's cool. Yeah, you know, and, um, shoot, I had it and then I lost it. So you got into music, you know, from the jump. And then when did you start to really think of it as like, Oh, I could like do this. This is like, Oh, literally the whole time, the whole like, time ever since I was a baby. Yeah. I remember being like, three, four, and like babbling and like running around the house singing stuff. And anytime anybody would ask me what I wanted to be when I grew up, I said I wanted to be a singer. Okay. At every opportunity. Yeah. I don't know. I I grew up also listening to a lot of um, pretty big variety of music. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up on classic Russian music, classic rock, uh, pop of the 90s. I loved Britney Spears and the Backstreet Boys and Mariah Carey. Um, Jennifer Lopez and I was also listening to like Uriah Heep and like the Rolling Stones and Pink Floyd and then also like random Italian music that my dad had gotten when he immigrated Um, he lived in Italy for a year and he had this like mixed CD of Italian classics so we had a bunch of mixed CDs in the car and anytime we would drive anywhere my parents would put on these songs and it was just such an interesting variety but I think it always kept me really interested in music because it showed me that there are so many different forms of music that exist and it's not just one genre or one sound or one thing so yeah i i I think i heard that and was like i'm gonna be a pop star just like britney cool that's that's great uh so you're 25 now 26 26 yeah so in 23 years you know you ever have any moments of doubt about this music? Oh, a thousand percent, of a thousand course. Percent. Okay, yeah. good. You're human, I, I think then. that's good. normal. Yeah. I think, and, and I still, I, I would be lying if I said I didn't have moments of doubt. Um, I think it's human. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what's important is taking those moments and not letting them mean something about yourself. Like, the first time I ever experienced doubt was probably in probably in like late high school because I was playing gigs all the time 
like every weekend. And I didn't do extracurriculars at school or hang out with friends on the weekend. I was kind of a loner and I would book gigs. That was like my thing. And the kids I went to high school with were like really awful and really mean. And I got made fun of a lot. Like I would invite people to gigs on Facebook and I'd get messages from people like, we don't want to go to your stupid fucking gig. Stop inviting us. Like crazy shit. And I think it started to discourage me after a while. Like, oh, all of my peers clearly don't (laughs) fuck with me. But I have a lot of people that I notice whenever I play a gig that come up to me and they're like, you're great. And going to school during the day and having most of my week taken up by being around people that didn't believe in me and then having that like little sliver on the weekends of people believing in me. I think after a while I started to feel a little bogged down by the negativity. And I noticed that like later in high school, I didn't have as much motivation and drive. And then once college happened, I was just like in a full world of self-doubt because in my mind, I didn't need to be going to college. Like I was planning on being a musician that was plan A from the start. So getting a college degree as a plan B seemed really stupid to me because like there is no plan B, there's no such thing. Um, And so, and I actually had five years in college instead of four because I switched my major. So it was really discouraging being in an environment where I felt like, this isn't going to serve me in any way. And yet I have to do this because it's just part of what society's expectations dictate. And um, there was a lot of self-doubt during that time. But for a while, I made it mean that I was lazy and that I was this awful person because if I really, truly wanted to be a musician, I really, truly wanted to make it in pop that would mean that I would have the drive always and that I would be perfect. And so anytime I felt any kind of self-doubt, that meant that I wasn't made out for it. Um, And eventually I realized how stupid that was because everybody gets burned out. Everybody's human. It's impossible to have full drive and full motivation 100% of the time. And whenever I start feeling that way now, I know that that's just a cue for me to take a break, step away from it for like a day or two, you know, get my mind off of it, do other hobbies, and then come back to it with a clearer head. Um, I think that's been really, really pivotal in me not falling back in those patterns again. That's really good self-care as well, like listening to yourself and knowing, like that self-awareness to know what you need to do next with yeah. that feeling and to give that feeling space to Like you acknowledge it and then you give it space to just kind of pass away in its own time and then come back to it afterwards. That's really, that's, that's very wise. Thank you. (laughs) I, it's, I think it just came from a a lot of, a lot of years and experiences of feeling really hopeless because when you, when you're like two and you decide that the rest of your life is going to be dedicated to pursuing a career in pop music and you will not stop until you're famous or dead, it like, it gets to you after a while. You're like, you know, you're like in your early 20s and you're like, wow, is this the career path that I really set up for myself at the age of two? And it can almost seem insane at times. Like, oh, really? Like, you didn't think of anything else? but like, I'm not good at anything else. And I also don't like anything else the way that I like music. And I think that's the number one thing that's kept me always coming back to it is like even the times in my life where I've been absolutely set on quitting and just doing something else, I will 
make the official statement to myself, I quit music, I'm gonna do something else. And then I immediately run back to it. And it's the way that I express myself. And it's the way that I feel like I can work through my emotions. It's very therapeutic, you know? Yeah. So it's just, it, it never works. Every time I try to leave, it never works. So I've just figured I, I, there's no leaving. I'm staying here and gonna get somewhere eventually. <laughs> yeah, eventually. Um, I, and I, I really believe it. Like I, I love your music. I love your Thank artistry you. and I've watched a bit of the, like a bit of the growth. I, you know, I think you came up on my Instagram like a couple of years ago, but I can't remember how long it's been. It's been a minute. Yeah. Um, but I, I remember like your previous era of music, like pre bloom, pre inertia. Mm-hmm. music that's like no longer available i remember that and to see the kind of like attention to the the branding if you will that's going on now with your ep that just came out last friday um at the well at the time that this is out it'll be last friday <laughs> you almost tripped me up i i, I remembered as you said it that yeah. this is in the future so yes my ep that has not come out but will be ha- out by the time that this is up on yeah. friday so for the listeners just <laughs> I'm sorry, I made that very confusing. That's on me, guys. <laughs> um, at the time of recording, the EP is not out. But when you not. hear this, it'll have just it w- come out, out last Friday. <laughs> Does that make sense? You, you guys get it? Yeah, cool. today's, the, uh, today's the 25th that we're recording this, so yeah. it'll be out on the 28th. So we, we've got three days. That's so crazy to me. Yeah, yeah. Release, like, days leading up to releases is a like a pretty nerve-wracking thing my god yes and i feel like i'm always like scrambling with last minute shit that i did not take care of beforehand yeah like oh my god like i didn't make these graphics or like i didn't you know contact this person or oh shit like i forgot to upload this and then it's like you know i'm like fixing my website at like 11 58 p.m (laughs) like please 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 like make this work yeah and you got like some like visual components with some of the songs too right like lyric videos and all that and that you got to coordinate all those things and when you're a self-employed entrepreneur making music you know you wear all the hats in your in your company so like if something doesn't happen it's your fault and that's a (laughs) lot of pressure to put on yourself as well um, does that get to be a lot for you? Like wearing all the hats in your business and, and juggling like a personal life and self care and all that? Yeah, sometimes it does, but I also really like doing it. And also I am completely neurotic, um, in the way that I like to organize my life. Um, like I really am truly the most neat freak person you'll probably ever meet. And I have everything like written down in little tidy lists um, of all the things that I need to do, all the people I need to contact, like all of all of my to-do list items. Um, and I feel like I have this physical checklist and also a mental checklist that's just constantly going off in my head. So I feel paranoid when I pass off things to other people because other people can be so unreliable. And I've learned throughout the years that if you want to get something done, you have to do it yourself, especially when you're an independent artist like I am. When you're signed to a label and you have a label backing you, that's money they're putting into you. So if they're screwing you, that's money they're losing. 
they have every incentive to make sure that you succeed if you're a signed artist because otherwise they're just wasting money. Like that's a risk they're taking on you. So they want to work as hard as they can. But when you're an independent artist and you don't have a team like that, I mean, I, I do have a small team, but like not in the same way, obviously. Um, you know, it's it's hard to it's hard to rely on other people. And I've worked with a ton of musicians and, and team members that haven't always come back to me with the thing that I needed at the deadline that I needed it. And nothing feels worse than when you're expecting something from someone and then they don't deliver and then there's nothing you can do about it because you've placed all of that responsibility on them. So in a way, I feel a lot freer taking on everything because I know that at least if something doesn't go the way that it was supposed to, it's on me and I don't have to worry about like being disappointed in other people. Um, that's not to say I'm like disappointed in myself. I'm never like, you stupid bitch, like you suck. <laughs> I used to be, I'm much better now. But um, no, I, I think I think being able to do it myself is is kind of exciting because I know the ins and outs of so many different things. Like I'm not just an artist, I'm a social media manager and I'm a booking agent and you know, I'm a graphic designer and I'm a video editor and like I do everything and wear all these hats and um, it, it feels good to be able to not have to rely on other people. All right. Yeah. It it sounds a little like, you know, like when big things have to be done surrounding these projects like EP releases or music video shoots or whatever, you get, there's going to be stress on the artist or the the person who it's about. No matter what, but it's either the stress of doing all the things or the stress of not really being able to trust or not like yeah, worrying exactly. about the things that you like. It's out of your hands because you handed it off to someone now and the anxiety of like, well, how is this going to turn out? Is it going to match my my vision or what I right. want for this product? And that to me just speaks to your commitment to your artistry and like. Your, how much you value like your own self-expression, which I think is a really admirable thing. And not every, not every independent artist cares about those like details as much as you do. Well, thank you. I, I think I only care because I've been in the position where I've released work that I wasn't a hundred percent proud of mm -hmm. or r work that was rushed because like there's a deadline and I have to meet it. Um, and it feels so bad when you do that yeah. because you look at it later on and you're like, damn, I really could have just pushed that date back. Like, <laughs> or I could have just like worked with anybody else. Like I've had products where I, we, you know, a lot of time was spent on it, especially songs. I can't tell you how many songs I've scrapped after almost finishing them. Um, and I think a, lo a lot of the EP and the reason it took so long was because there was so much of that going on for so many years. Like I would be so close to finishing a song and it would be right there. And then I'd be like, it's not right. And before I had done that, when I had released music, like previously, before I like really started taking it seriously, I kind of just half-assed a lot of stuff and then put it out. And then when people would like ask to hear my music, I was like embarrassed by it because it wasn't exactly where I wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. And I just realized that it feels so bad to have something that's representative of yourself out and it's not even representative of yourself in your own mind because you think it's so bad. Yeah. And I didn't want that anymore, no. you know? So I would rather spend like a year on something 
and make it perfect, then put out something like on a consistent, I mean, I want to be consistent, let's be clear. Yeah, 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 <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but if I have to sacrifice the consistency for a release because it's not ready yet, like it's not ready yet. Like it just needs more time. And I'm, you know, I, I want to be proud of the work that I put out. Yeah, I've heard you talk about this before uh, on, I think, a friend of yours podcast like a couple years ago, um, I, I think. I think it was a friend of yours. You like went to school together or something like that? Um, um, maybe. I've done a few podcasts, so. Well, I've only, <laughs> like I've a, only listened to like Like a podcast of one. aficionado over here. I'm just kidding. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I heard you talk about that and, and I was inspired by that because I think you were the first person I'd ever heard kind of articulate this feeling of the artistry is important Cause, like I have friends who would say like the art is more important than the artist is. So like, you know, it's out yes. other people, you know, they have it or whatever. And now it's out of my hands. It's not mine. And yes. I'm not going to care. And I'm like, okay, cool. But then I hear you say like, yes, the art is more important than the artist is, but this art does not reflect the artist. So then a decision has to be made and you decide to, you know, like this, these are old songs that you decided to take down I remember thinking like, damn, that's, that's, I didn't know you could do that. Um, and I was <laughs> I like, I didn't either for a long time, actually. Yeah. I was pretty hyped because like, um, I was in a similar, I had put myself in a similar position as you where I had released this EP of like four songs. Um, but I had worked with a producer who just didn't really get what I was trying to do. And I didn't really have the the knowledge or the skills to articulate it in a way that would make sense to him. Mm -hmm. And so we put out this, uh, but I had also told everyone, Hey, something's coming in like a month. Um, and I was like, well, I'm a wow. man of my word and I shouldn't right. have done that. So no, I did the same thing. Yeah, yeah, I totally yeah, yeah, yeah. get it. <laughs> and so it's been haunting. And then it like, it did better than I thought it would, but I just hated that. Like everyone was like, that's who he is. Like that's, his vibe is this thing. And they would associate yeah. me with artists that I either had no concept of or had like a strong dis dislike for. Yeah. And I was like, I hate this. And it was like, it kind of disillusioned me from music. And I've had like a, a love hate relationship with music ever since. Right. Where like now I've taken those songs down. I've left like one up that features our mutual friend, Alexis Lynn. Um, and that's kind of it for me on Spotify mm -hmm. and Apple music. But I took that lesson that that I heard you talk about, and and we talked about this because um, full disclosure, listeners, uh, we recorded this podcast once before, and then <laughs> something bad happened with the audio files, and we lost like a solid twenty minutes of the episode, and I had no idea what to do with that. So <laughs> we've talked about this before, but since then, I took that lesson that you're talking about without making sure that things are right and doing yeah. it all yourself, and I applied that to my book. So like, Ooh, which speaking of, I am actually going to order that today. I'm so excited oh for you. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm really excited about it, but like, um, yeah, in part, like your artistry and how you've taken the, the helm of your ship inspired me to like kind of apply that philosophy to my poetry career. If you can oh, have a poetry career. So thank oh you gosh. for just being you and for being- Oh my being... God, thank you. What? 
I feel like I did nothing. You did everything. That's so cool. <laughs> well, no, like you did it first. Like I'm like, okay, I see somebody who responds to my DMs isn't too good to talk to me, like running, running things, making moves in silence, like a real G, like lasagna. Real like G's, lasagna. Yeah, real G's moving silence like lasagna. Um, Lil Wayne. <laughs> That's going on my gravestone. Um. So, so I saw you doing it. I was like, okay, I can do it too. So then like, yeah, I wrote the book, edited the book, made the cover myself, um, all that stuff and learned how to use like Adobe InDesign and my mic stand is broken guys. That's what that sound is. And I apologize. There's nothing we can do. Um, nothing. But yeah. So thank you for that. And, uh, thank you for ordering it and thank you listeners for ordering it as well. And also thank you for copping some Joy and Misery merch, which will be in the show notes. Always be plugging. That's so exciting. Wait, I want to get some merch too. Is it also on Amazon? No, it's not on Amazon. It, um, at the time of recording, it's not available. But <gasps> but it will be? It will be. So like while we're recording, it's not available. Oh my God, but it when will is be. It gonna, when is it coming? Uh, well, like... Sorry, I'm like, I've confused myself with the timeline thing. Um, it's going to be available the sa- on February 1st. So the day okay. this episode comes out, I will have also posted and been like, oh, hey, by the way, this merch is available. Okay. Okay, yeah. cool. That's so exciting. Oh, my God. Can I know what it is? Am I allowed? Well, yeah, because uh, so, you know, I, I had some people already comment and they're like, oh, hey, like. That cover is pretty sick. It would look cool on like a t-shirt or whatever. And I was like, yeah, for sure. And I was like, little do they know. I thought of that ahead of time. Oh. And so we've got like sweatshirts, hoodies, long sleeve tees, short sleeve, short sleeve tees, cropped hoodies, and coffee Ooh. mugs and stickers with like a variation of the Joy and Misery logo on the front and like little like in the on the chest part on the chest part there. Um, and then like a big smiley face, like that drippy smiley face on the back. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. I'm absolutely copying a crop sweatshirt. You, oh, that's awesome. I yeah, love I crop sweatshirts. I told you people would want the crop sweatshirt. I ta- I've been yes. saying it. Someone said that it wasn't, uh, it wasn't going to fit my vibe. And I'm like, I don't think you understand that some of my supporters, it's their vibe. Yes. It's a hundred percent my vibe. Yeah, and so other people's vibe. Oh, oh my yeah, God, for sure. I can't wait. Yeah, it comes in black with the yellow text and all that stuff, or it comes in like gray or white. Um, and the awesome. full hoodies come in light pink as well, I think. Ooh, okay. Yeah, so links in the show notes, everybody. So definitely go check that out, copy something, uh, and then like tag me in your selfies wearing the stuff or whatever, because that'd be dope. Yes. Yeah, but now I back to you. I'll definitely do that as soon as I get yours. I can't wait. I'm already thinking about it. I'm also currently on Amazon buying your poetry book. So Thank you. I'm doing that right now. Awesome. And I will have it soon. Ah, I'm so excited. What's your favorite poem? Oh, man. See, that's super tough because um, the whole book has like a bit of a conceptual through line, if that okay. makes sense. And so yeah. like, uh, like, um, 
it's sort of like a memoir and poetry, but it really isn't. But like, I start the book in a place of like, this is where I started. Like the, one of the first poems is about like me being given up at birth by my, my mother. And then I go into like the experiences I went through, uh, like being a black kid in my neighborhood and being an outsider and being bullied and harassed by police. Um, and then I kind of go through like one of like talking about one of my friends dying, who was really important to me. I skip over a bunch of things that like some fans would know about just because I'm like, there's a good chance that I won't know everyone that gets this book. And so I'm like, okay, I don't want to put everything out there like that. Sure. Sure. Um, I think, I think my favorite poem is probably one called pretty big deal. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go with pretty big deal. That's my answer for today. Pretty big deal. Yeah. Pretty big deal. Okay. I just got notification that it will arrive on Thursday at my house. Damn, so man. I will flip to that page and I will read pretty big deal first. So okay. I can get the real feel. Awesome. Do I have to read them in order though? No, I no, will no. If that's necessary. No. So it's a loose conceptual through line. So really you could okay. flip through uh, and read any poem out of order and you're still going to hopefully enjoy it. Uh, but I just wrote it in a way that like, if you were to read it cover to cover, there is a, a story that's happening, but also you can flip through and just, you know, and there's some like really short poems. There's some really long poems. Um, there's one that's barely a poem and it's more like just a, a sad journal entry. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's the book. I'm really proud of it. I, I don't think I've worked so hard on anything in my, in my life, honestly. Wow. I don't, I'm so excited. I'm nervous for people to read it. Cause like today, you know, it's been a bunch of, um, DMs just being like, oh, like I ordered it. It's going to be here on the weekend or, oh, it's arriving on Monday or whatever. And I'm like, fuck, like, thank you so much. And I really appreciate that support. But also like, damn, you guys are going to find out how not good at things I am. Like they're going to find out I'm a fraud. It's imposter syndrome. I have. Uh, okay. I was yeah. going to say like, what are you talking about? I fully understand the imposter syndrome thing. It's horrendous. It eats up my life, but. I have to like ignore it and yell at it. Yeah. And <laughs> I, have I have to treat it like it's another person. <laughs> yeah. I have to do that too. Like one of my favorite poets DM'd me like, Hey, I just ordered your book. And I was like, I'm so scared for the text. that's like, damn dude, I thought you were good at this shit. Oh my God. Well, first of all, the great thing about that is like no one in the world would ever do that anyway. So you're safe from that. Well, I mean like someone from TikTok might. But. Oh, true. <laughs> but you know what? You still got their money. So screw that. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. true. They still bought the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Haters. <laughs> no, I don't. But I don't no, think I, my... I, I'm excited. Um, and I love the artwork a lot. Thank you. That took me a while to get right. Um, you did it in, uh, what did you say? What, what did you design it in? I So I, I made the graphics in illustrator okay uh and then i laid out the whole book in adobe indesign oh cool yeah that's awesome it was originally like before i realized that i could it like th i have a proof copy which is the copy that i used to like read through it double check any mistakes and mm -hmm. whatever and it looks so much worse than what everyone else is gonna get because um it was just a word document printed into a book 
Oh, okay. And Word, you cannot format to look nice at <laughs> all. And that's not what it's for. It's for essays, and that's dope. Good for good for you guys. But um, no, it, I had to learn how to do a bunch of like, like I have like rudimentary graphic design skills now just so I could get, you know, this to look the way that I wanted it to and get the the right shade of yellow and all these like random things that I cared about that I was like, I don't think I want to pay somebody to listen to me not know what I'm talking about. I'm just going to figure it out. <laughs> but you know what? That that ends up being really great for you because now you have this skill that you can just use for yeah. anything. Well, I mean, like, I'm thinking about going back to college for my plan B to do graphic design and... Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, and then maybe work in the book industry doing, like, design book design, uh, you know, doing covers or, like, layouts and stuff like that. This got cool. way too much about me for my liking for this podcast. Um, but it's your podcast. <laughs> but I And I'm so fascinated by this because I, I don't know anything about putting out a book on Amazon. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's like similar to how if you wanted to put something on Spotify, you like have to make an account and it's, you it's know, exactly like that. Um, I will say Amazon's programmers aren't as good as Spotify's or tune cores or distro kids. Let's go mm -hmm. ahead and say that. Um, and if you're mad, Amazon, just fix the problem. You could, <laughs> um, they could. Also, make it so that I can buy author copies from Canada where I live so I don't have to pay $80 for shipping. Thank you. Oh, holy. That's crazy. No, I know. But um, if, if I do the math right, I'm still, I'm okay. Like, I will profit off of the copies of the book that I. Cool. Okay. I so, Good. Um, yeah, no, it's it's a lot, you know, like. It's a, it's really not that different. It's just a different thing. So like I've been telling my small team that I am the John Bellion of spoken word now because I did it all <laughs> myself. And uh, they're like, hell yeah, dude. Um, I don't think they believe me, but they are very kind, supportive people. Shout out Ryan and Aiden, Sonny oh, and Roro. Love you guys. Oh, shout that's out. Awesome. So it's great that you have like a little a team. Yeah. It's not even, it doesn't sound little. That's a lot of people. No, no. Sonny and Roro are Ryan and Aiden. Oh, it's like nicknames? Yeah. Aliases? Yeah. yeah. Got it. Um, and they are going to help me with something that I'm not going to talk about Ooh. on the podcast. Oh? Yeah. Can you tell me after? I'll tell you after. But I will say that, like, without those two, most of the things that, like, like the the merch and the book design and all that shit probably wouldn't have gone as well because they are my outbrains because I have so many ideas flying around my head. Um, I'm not a neat freak like you. It is pure chaos up in here. <laughs> so I will just text them and be like, I'm thinking about doing this. I'm thinking about doing this. I'll be thinking about doing this. And they're also creative, but they're much more sensible than I am. Well, okay. Aiden is much more sensible than I am. You know it's true, Ryan. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, so they'll be like, that's a good idea. Or you should eat a sandwich and really think about uh, what you said after <laughs> you've had a sandwich because we know you get sad if you're hungry. I don't get hangry. I get, like, sad when I'm hungry. Sangry. Sangry. <laughs> it just sounds like uh, sangria. It does. So, yeah, um, back to you because that, that, that just felt like, you know, 20 minutes of just me. 
patting myself on the back and there'll be time for that later. Which you should, by the way, because that's a lot of work that you put in and I'm really excited for you. Thank you. I am I'm, I am really proud of myself and honestly, like, um, I think that I've found my artistic place because um, I think we've talked, like, we've talked about this where I'm like, I was like, I haven't found my sound in music yet and I'm, like, struggling. Was like these be kind of things I would say. I think the part of it is is that I just like I don't like I love music, but I think I have more fun just kind of fucking around with music, and I'm just more of a writer than anything else. Okay, that's um, fair. Have you ever um, co-written for or like written a song for anybody else? Um, like yes, but I don't think any of those songs saw the light of day. Okay, if that like. So I'd be, I'd participate in songwriting sessions. Somebody's writing like a bunch of songs to pick for their album or their EP. Mm -hmm. I'd be involved in all of that. And they kept calling me back because they liked it. But then I don't know if the artist's managers really liked my, like the songs that my lyrics were in because my lyrics were just a little too... I think maybe because the artist was pretty young and I was a little bit older and even for someone my age, I can be considered a little like philosophical and insightful. I think it just may have been a little too deep for a 19 year old woman to be singing. Gotcha. For like, according to the managers, because the artist really liked, like we got, we knew each other. We're like family friends kind of, um, I'm doing, this is so hard not to say their name, but I'm, I'm not gonna, um, (laughs) But, um, yeah, like, we knew each other. We're kind of like family friends. Like, I'm friends with her dad. Um, and, yeah, management was just like, ah, these are a little too deep. These are a little too dark. And so they just didn't see the light of day. So I don't think they're out because I've lost touch with them since, you know, COVID hit. But um, I was having coffee with another artist. His name's Josh Bogert. And we've known each other, I think, for, like, seven years now, maybe eight years Mm, no, he's 20. I met him when he was 13 and he's killing it. He was like on a, uh, yeah. Like I saw him get his, like he was on a family channel, Disney channel show starring in something called backstage. And he got onto that show because of music. And he's been in a couple like Hallmark movies and he's killing it in streams. And now he's like a producer, uh, mastering engineer, all this stuff. And still, you know, killing it in the artistry and, he, he kind of does a similar thing with you with just kind of like wears all the hats. Um, and I really respect him a lot. But we were having coffee and, you know, he'd seen me try and fail everything because he's known me ever since I ever tried to do music. And he said to me, like, you know, man, I watched your spoken word videos and it just, it looks right. You look like you when you're doing it. I kind of took that as a sign that, like, you know, somebody who's seen me really struggle and, and have no idea what I'm doing. Like mm-hmm. for him to say, it looks like you figured it out. I'm like, Oh, I must've figured it out. And not, not realized it. Oh, wow. That's yeah. such a special moment though. And to have somebody pointed out to you that you respect, I think makes it all that much more important. Yeah. And I think somebody who knows how it feels to pursue something like music or for me now, poetry um, like I'm still going to do some music, but it's, it's less so of a passion and more of like a, 
this was fun to do and I really like working with the producers that I work with. So mm-hmm. I did this more for fun than anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, I don't think music has to be like this serious, like, I don't know. The way that I do music is I have like an intention in mind to be able to hit it big in the industry one day, but I don't think that needs to be everybody's focus. Um, especially because a lot of people just enjoy music because they enjoy creating it, which I obviously do as well, That it doesn't, it's not any different for me. I enjoy creating music. And if I never went anywhere with it, I would still be making music. Yeah. Um, but I think that's kind of where it, it has to start. If you're putting out music, just because you hope that you'll blow up, like you're not in it for the right reasons. So, you know, whether it's like fun or just a casual project, I, I always support it. I think that's really great. And um, do you have any idea like when you're going to put out some new stuff or is it not really in the works yet? Uh, my producer said that she'd be wor- uh, not. I'm just going to say no. Okay. I'm just going to say no. Um, okay. Yeah, we've got like, well, okay, so I've got one. So I've got one song out. It's called Moonlight in Barcelona. I really like mm-hmm. it. It's kind of, I tried to trend, I tried to channel some like Sam Cooke vibes and some like Gallant. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So like I, I tried to channel some like modern Sam Cooke, some modern like kind of classic R&B, like a modern twist on classic R&B, but like through the lens of like Quinn 92 or John Bellion or somebody like that. Okay. And that same producer, Cassandra Mays, is working on another song that'll come out like probably in the summer. Okay. Ooh. Probably. It's not that far away. It's not that far away. Um, and then I've got I wanna work with the guy I was talking about before, Josh Bogert. Um, and I want to because he's really good with like digital music, so I kinda wanna like see if he can make some beats. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to make like full versions of that, my TikTok raps. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. So I want to do a couple like rap that. songs. Um, but also like I book two and some other books in the works as well. So I got to like try to balance all these things. So yeah. Sure. That's exciting. And I don't want to promise too much, but you know, I, that's enough about me. <laughs> Let's <go back. laughs> You're the guest. We should talk about you. Um so when you sit down, like, you know, when you sit down to write songs, are you, are you looking for a beat? Are you looking for a melody? Do you have lyrics in mind? Like there's a million different ways to write a song. Do you have a preferred way or do you try anything? I try anything, but um, it's usually a pretty similar process. I usually get like attacked by a song idea out of nowhere and it's always at a really inappropriate time um (laughs) like i'll be driving somewhere um and then i'll get a melody in my head and like it's usually a a melody accompanied with a lyric or like a flow that i'm hearing in my head and then i'm like fuck so i have to like fumble with my phone in a really dangerous awful way um and record it (laughs) in my moving vehicle um which i know i shouldn't do but it's it always happens when I'm driving and it always happens when I'm about to fall asleep. Um, like I'm on the verge of sleeping and then I get an idea and I'm like, oh, my God. So I have to record it. And I have many a recording in my phone of me like half asleep, making no sense. But at the time I was like, this is 
going to be the next big hit. Um, <laughs> also, when one. I'm in the shower, like yeah, anytime yeah. I pretty much give myself space to be uh, quiet and not on my phone and distracting my ADHD brain with like a thousand things all at once, I get ideas. So um, usually if I'm like writing out of like passion or writing about an experience that's like really affected me, it usually smacks me in the face and then I have to write it and it kind of just writes itself. Um, but I do a lot of co-writing also. Um, I work with a producer, his name is Russell. He's like a really great friend of mine. Actually, the day we're recording this is his birthday. So happy birthday, Russell. Happy um, birthday. He, he's the best. Um, and he always comes up with beats and he'll send me these ideas. Like he literally, that's all he does all day is like make beats. Um, and he'll send me like a thousand ideas a day. And usually several will stick and I'll write some ideas. And, um, I've been trying to go in, I haven't seen him in a little bit, actually. We haven't like recorded anything and probably about a month after the holidays and everything, everything's been yeah. kind of crazy. Um, but I was going over like on a weekly basis and we were just, he would come up with a beat on the spot and then I would co-write to it. And then we would have like a demo, like by the end of the day. All right. So a lot of that is, it, it, it's been that with mm -hmm. writing, but I actually like just maybe like two weeks ago was like attacked <laughs> by a song idea again. Um, when I got home from work and I was like, well, I have to do this now. <laughs> And I wrote like a whole, I wrote like an interlude actually on piano and I was so excited about it. But, um, but yeah, it's either, it's either I'm like, <laughs> I keep saying attacked, but it really does feel like that sometimes. Like yeah. I really will be in the most inappropriate situation or I'll like be with friends and I'm like, oh, I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> I, when I was in high school, I used to get ideas in class cause I couldn't pay attention. Yeah. And I would like leave and go to the bathroom and record in the stall and like look around to make sure nobody was in there and just be like, and then I'd leave and it was ridiculous, but yeah, that's pretty much my writing process. That's pretty dope though. I, I respect it. That's, that's really great. Um, I do a similar thing with like poems or whatever. And it, it's, it's easier with poems because people will just say things and not appreciate the beauty and what they just said. And so, like, I'll be, like, having coffee with a friend who doesn't care about art. Or th this has happened, like, twice. Actually, I'm not going to say which poem, but one of the poems in the book is based, just, they said it. And I was like, that's really dope. Can I steal that? And they're like, for what? And I'm like, <laughs> the poem. They're like, that's really weird, but yeah. Go next. <laughs> I've done that with uh, song titles or lyrics. Yeah. Like, I actually had a friend. I was hanging out with her. It's like years ago. Um, and I wrote this song a while ago. It's not recorded or anything, so I'm not like spoiling like a future release. But um, I wrote this song after I was hanging out with this friend and she was talking about this guy that she was dating. And he like kind of like ghosted her and just out of nowhere, like they were together and then it wasn't a thing anymore. And she was like, you know, he really put his guard up. It was like he put a 50 foot wall right in front of me and closed me off. And I was like, wow, 50 foot wall. What a great title for a song. And also just like a concept of like there being a physical wall in between two people. And I wrote an entire song that night based off of that. Um, and it's just like little things like that that happen all the time in conversation where somebody will say something and just like you, 
I'll be enthralled by it and I have to write something with it. So I fully understand that experience. Like it happens all the time. Yeah. It, uh, I think it just goes with, you know, looking for, I, I think the mind is always looking for things to be inspired by or things to be happy about, but then, you know, we're creatives. So we take it a step further of like, Oh, there's something, there's a thing in here that there's a song in here. There's a poem in here. There's a, this could be painted or whatever. Right. And it's like a blessing and a curse, right? Because it, it, I find it hard to be present because I'm always looking for the poem in the thing. I can't just appreciate the thing. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. Then, Cause you're looking for the next, you're like, this is a line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I get that. Do you want to talk about the EP before we, um, like we've been going for a minute, so we should probably bring, <laughs> yes, sure, bring it in sure. for a landing, but do you want to talk about the EP? Like some of the songs are already out, but not all of them. Do you want to talk yes. a little bit about like, I don't know, anything you want to tell us about it? Um, well, I want everybody to listen to it in order. I think that's the most important thing. Okay. Um, it kind of tells a story. So listening in order would be great. I think every artist says that when they release a body of work, like, listen in order. I did it on purpose. Um, I don't know if people ever listen, but please listen. Um, yeah, it's, uh, so I have two new songs on the EP with a collection of songs that I released as singles. So inertia movement, um, a new song called I had a dream, a new song called awake and then bloom and fruit water season. That's the track list order. And I had a dream kind of serves as like a prelude to awake. Um, originally I wrote it as like a song idea. I wanted to expand it into like a whole thing. And that one's actually really special to me because I wrote that at like probably one of the lowest points of my life. Um, I was doing it, doing really bad. I was uh, working a job that I was miserable at and I had like no time for music or myself or like anything that mattered to me. Um, and I was like coming home every day from work, like crying. Um, I worked in the city and it was just a nightmare every day, like waking up really early, working really late every night and then going home and getting like four hours of sleep and just like continuously every day. Um, and I wrote this song when I got home from work one day and then I actually finished it on the train to work the next morning. And it was just this like little piano, like arpeggiating thing and a little uh, verse and a pre-chorus and then it dropped off and I was like, I don't know what to do with this. And I, I really sat with it for a while. And then I brought it to Russell and I was like, maybe this can be an interlude. Like maybe it doesn't have to be a full song. Maybe it can just serve as like an in-between. And we actually took it, we like produced it together. Um, and then I ended up writing Awake as like a, derivative of I had a dream. It was like the continuation of the story from I had a dream and they ended up going together. So it's not technically an interlude because I feel like an interlude is usually like separating a part of an album or like, you know, from one song, here's a little interlude and then we're getting you ready for the next song. But because this kind of goes hand in hand with awake, I'd, I'd consider it more of a prelude. Um, it's like really short. It's like a minute and 30 seconds. It's not like a full, um, traditional pop song, I guess, but I really, really like that one. And, uh, it just kind of tells the story of 
being in a place where you feel lost with your life and having this desire for something more, but not knowing exactly how to reach it. And then also the wallowing in self-pity that you do because of the confusion you feel from not knowing how to reach those dreams. Um, like on one hand, it's important to acknowledge, I think, when things are difficult and when things are burning you out and when you're feeling bad in life. Like, I, I think that that's an okay thing to acknowledge, but I think it stops being okay when you sit in it and like, almost like, like, almost like I, I, I listened to this podcast called Unfuck Your Brain and the host of the podcast name is Kara. She always talks about making out with your misery or like making out with your like bad thoughts. Just the idea that you like give them more power than what they should be worth. And for a really long time there, I was giving so much power to these thoughts about like, I'll never achieve the things I want in life. I'll never get to where I wanna be because I have all these obstacles in my way that are just preventing me. Instead of looking at those obstacles as an opportunity and trying to move forward and trying to beat that and persevere. So that song is kind of like almost an inertia part two. Um, like there's a line in there that says, you only lose what you give up. And I think that's really poignant because it's true. Like anytime I've ever heard anybody tell me that they've failed in something, I only see somebody failing something when they've chosen, chosen to give up or to give up on it. Um, it's not failure if you keep going, you know? If you do something a million times and you don't get it right, but you still keep doing it, you haven't failed. But if you do something a million times and it doesn't work out and you step away from it, I feel like that is true failure. And mm -hmm. I never wanna get to that point. Like I would rather live my life knowing that I put in 100% of my effort and like never gave up and was always steadfast in my dreams than as somebody who like, you know, one day turns around and is like, ah, you know, it just, it isn't for me anymore. Like time to really look at the real world and, you know, figure it out. Like I've never been a real world kind of person and I don't know why I would start now. So that was kind of a reminder for me. That's really cool. That's that, that's like that Mike Tyson quote, you know, if you tried and failed, congratulations, most people don't try. True. That's yeah. what, that's what, that's what that reminded me of. But I've been in a very similar place to that. Uh, some days I'm still kind of there. Um, so I'm really excited for this EP. Like I've said before, uh, I, I really love your music. Like your voice is really special. Like the timbre and the skill, like the natural tone of your voice is incredible, but also you're such a skilled singer. And like this, this era of Soph's sound is really cool to me. Um, Thank you. so I'm, I'm really excited for this EP. Um, before we go, I got two questions for you. Okay. Uh, so first question, uh, if you could go back in time or if you could like reach down inside of you and talk to like your inner child could be as young as like five, could be 10, 15, whatever. What's one thing you would tell that younger version of yourself not to fret about? Like, don't fret about this. Don't fret about that. Um, don't fret about your peers. I think that really bogged me down for a long time. I had like kind of a shitty experience in high school and it like stuck with me for way too long, like an embarrassingly long time. Yeah. Like I still find myself like feeling anxious about things like, 
oh, actually, here's a crazy thing. I was in um, I was in New York the other day. Okay. Um, well, the other day, this past weekend. <laughs> and <laughs> I always say the other day, like it wasn't yesterday. It was a while ago. But I was in uh, I was in New York with some friends, and I was leaving this like hotel bar thing. And as I was leaving, I heard somebody call my name. And like, I'm from New Jersey. So like somebody in New York knowing me, New York is also like humongous. So like the odds of anybody, even if you did live in New York, seeing you in New York is like already crazy. But um, I turned around and it was this girl I went to high school with. And like, I don't think she was ever mean to me. Like, I don't think she ever did anything to me. So I didn't have any like ill feelings toward her in any way. But like, I just kind of knew of her. And I don't I don't know if we ever really like talked or had much of a relationship, but we like follow each other on social media. And like my first thought was like, oh my God, she's not going to think I'm cool. And then I immediately was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You are 26 years old and this is a stranger essentially. And I was like, hey, how's it going? And like, we talked for like a minute. She was like, ah, good to see you. And then she goes, I'm like low key a stan of your music. And I was like, oh shit. Like I was really worrying about this girl that I knew from high school that I haven't seen in almost like 10 fucking years like scared that she was going to think I was uncool being out with a group of friends. Like it was just an insane moment. And then after it happened, I was like, relax. <laughs> it's just, a, it's, you know, essentially a stranger to you. But, um, but I would tell myself to not worry about what other people my age think, especially when yeah. I was young. Like the people my age now are great. And I have a lot of really great friends and I have respect from those friends and I have support from those friends. But back then, like, I really took that so personally when I, I shouldn't have. And I think a big thing that took me way too long to learn was not to be so sensitive mm. um, and not to take everything so personally. Like every time somebody would like make fun of me instead of like rolling with the punches and like making a joke back, which I would totally do now yeah. back then I would just like cry. And I think, yeah, I think that would be the the thing I would say, like, just relax. They're just people. It's okay. Yeah. And they're not really talking about you. you right. Know, they're, they're talking about their idea of me. Yeah. And they don't really know you. And I don't know anybody who's winning, who's taking the time to be a dick. True. You know, True. That's a great answer. Uh, social medias, you got them. I follow you on them. How can people find you? Um, you can find me on everything. My my username on everything is just Music by Soph. Uh, the only place that's different is on TikTok because Music by Soph was taken, which is, I mean, that's insane. <laughs> Who would do that, right? What There's, monster? What monster? Um, but it's TikToks by Soph. On TikTok okay. and my YouTube channel is um, Soph Music TV. So those okay. are the only like two different ones. But Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, SoundCloud, everything is just Music by Soph. Um, but oh wait, was that your second question or was there? Yeah, another yeah, one? that was that, that was oh, the final okay, cool. question. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So that's and my website is SophMusic.com. Just S O F Music dot com um very easy to spell people always either misspell it or mispronounce it and i it i don't get it personally it's confusing yeah i don't get it either um i can't speak to that that's very strange um <laughs> but whatever okay 
Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Don't Fret Podcast. I've been Deef Redder. Thank you so much for checking out Joy and Misery on Amazon.com.ca.co.uk, whatever. Uh, thank you for checking out the merch, and thank you for listening to Soph's brand new EP. Uh, I just got an email. My bad. Um, <laughs> all right, y'all be smooth, be safe out there, and we'll see you next time. Peace. See ya. Again, thank you so much for listening to Soph's music, checking out her socials, hitting up her website. Thank you so much for getting the book and getting tickets to the virtual live show happening on February 20th with Rebecca Baird and Miggy. It's going to be a really good time. And once again, thank you for rating, reviewing, downloading, subscribing, sharing, telling a friend, telling your mom about this podcast, uh, having a lot of fun with it. And yeah, I think that's everything. So give yourself a good rest of your week. Be safe out there. Be smooth. And I'll talk to you real soon. Peace.